0: Welcome to Element City Church Online. We're out and about right now just taking our evening stroll and it's a beautiful 98 degrees outside. <laughs> so we just have a couple quick announcements for you today before we get started with our service. First things, you're likely watching us on Facebook right now. So if you haven't already, go ahead and click the like button, because that's a way that you can keep up to date with all things that are happening with us here at Elements. It's also a way that you get notified when we go live. We also have a website, elementcitychurch.org is where you can also keep up to date with all things that are happening. But if you would prefer to keep us in your pocket, you can use the app. So you would just go to the app store, whether it's on Android or Apple, and you can download the Elements Church app. It's an awesome way to get playlists, sermon notes, and again, keep up to date and give if you want all from that app. Um, We also have a a celebration today. It's Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all those mamas out there. We love you. We appreciate you. We could not do this life without you. So some of our E-Kids made some little gifts and they should have been delivered to you guys. So just wishing you all a very happy Mother's Day and I hope your family is spoiling you.
1: Hey everyone, we're continuing along with our announcement walk this gorgeous evening. I want to add a couple quick announcements. First off, if you are new with us, we just want to say thanks so much for joining us this evening. We know it takes courage to come to a new place for the first time, even if it is virtually. So what we'd ask you to do is just take a moment to fill out our connection card. You can do that either in the comments section here on Facebook or on our app that Danielle mentioned earlier. Also, you can join us after service for our 10-minute party via Zoom. It's just another opportunity for us to greet you, to say hi to you, and to explain a little bit about what we're about here at Element City Church. Second, if you're looking at the website that Danielle mentioned earlier at elementcitychurch.org, then you can find um, two buttons on our homepage. The first one says, I need help. The second one says, I can help. Um, We're just trying to meet... A need here in Tucson by matching people who have needs with those who can meet those needs. And so if you haven't filled out those forms yet and you fall into one of those categories, please do so so that we can try and be the church right here in Midtown Tucson. Lastly, every week we're praying for a church. This week we're praying for uh, Rincon Mountain Presbyterian Church. So join me in a word of prayer. Father God, I want to lift up our two churches, Element City Church and Rincon Mountain Presbyterian Church tonight. I pray that your hand would just be on them, Lord, that you would um, exalt the leaders of that church um, and the leaders of Element City Church, that you would place a shield of protection around the congregation of both churches, God, that you would um, encourage and strengthen us in order to do your will here in Tucson. God, I pray that you would Um, Just let your blessings just rain down on Rincon Mountain Presbyterian Church, God, that you would just remind them and remind us that all things work for your good, no matter what it looks like in this moment, God, because we know that you were good yesterday. We know that you are good today, and we know that you will be good forevermore. So, Lord, I pray that you would just remind us of those truths tonight. Um, Allow us to press into you as we um, hear a word and do some worship with Um, our brothers and sisters in Christ, God, help us feel connected during these moments. Uh, We just thank you for your love, for the blessings that you've already shown us, um, and for the promises that you are good forever. In your name we pray, amen. All right, let's get ready to worship.
2: Every breath, it is a gift. Every moment is a treasure. All my past and my regrets, my present and my future. Every table is a feast, every heartbeat is an altar, every step a mystery, I'm walking with the altar. My eyes upon you, I fix my eyes upon you. So I fix my eyes upon you, I fix my eyes. Oh, praise! Oh, praise! Heaven So, in famine, we will eat, in drought, we'll see a downpour. So, let all the fighting cease, the prince of peace has conquered. So, I fix my eyes upon you, I fix my eyes. I fix my eyes upon you. I fix my eyes. Oh grace oh Oh, grace
3: My heart grow weary, don't be so downcast on oh my soul, you are in every moment, you are my greatest miracle. Why should my heart grow weary? Don't be so dangest on oh my soul. You are in every moment, you are my greatest miracle,
2: and why should my heart grow weary? And Don't be so down oh my soul you are in every moment you are my greatest miracle why should my heart grow weary don't be so downcast oh my soul you are in every moment you are my greatest miracle
3: In the pressing, you are making new wine in the soil. I In the crushing In the pressing You are making New wine In the soil I now surrender You are breaking New ground yeah. You are breaking i oh.
4: Welcome back into the kitchen. Glad that you're here, especially if you're new and turning in. Um, we would love just to welcome you and invite you to make Sunday nights at 5 uh, online right now until we can get back gathering together just a regular part of your week. And if, uh, if you're part of the Elements family, welcome back. As we get started, I just want to wish a very happy Mother's Day to all the moms Uh, your investment uh, matters so much and we are so grateful for you in fact if you're a kid in the living room right now I just want to invite you nudge you go hug your mama right now go do it seriously moms need at least one hug a day and if you already gave one a second one is even better so moms just thank you for what you do and all that you do and how you make a difference I think I speak for all the dads that we could not do this nearly as well without you you matter um i was find myself thinking of my mom on mother's day and she's been gone 10 years plus now and in heaven and uh, just forever grateful for her to of love and investment leadership in my life i'm i'm the man i am today because um, of my mom and because of her prayers, because of her investment, uh, she's a hero to me, uh, forever and grateful, indebted to that, forever marked by the way that she loves so well. We've been praying for you as parents, uh, as moms and dads that we're in a COVID season, And we don't know how long necessarily that will last, but you have some extra time. And so just as leaders, we've been praying for you, that your investments of love, the time that you're investing in your kids would have just a radical impact and a great investment for years and years to come. And so we continue to pray for you as parents. I remember hearing this statement uh, a few years back. It's always stuck with me. I think it was Andy Stanley who said, uh, the greatest contribution you make to the kingdom may not be something you do but someone you raise. You know, the role of parenting is significant. And uh, may you all sense a, a renewed vigor uh, to, to launch into that role that you have as a parent, as a dad, and in particular as a mom today as we celebrate you. Um, thank you again for all that you do. Uh, your investment matters, you matter. And uh, one of the best ways that you can invest in your kids is to pray for them. And uh, today we're going to look at at part of the text in the Gospel of John, John chapter 17, on this prayer of Jesus. It's often called the priestly prayer of Jesus. And uh, prayer matters. Um, That was a big part of what my mom did for me, praying for me. And, uh, And you can do that for your kids too. So if you have your Bible, go with me to John chapter 17, and we'll jump into the sermon today. John 17, Jesus prays, and he prays for himself. You can kind of break this prayer down into three ways. He prays for himself, he prays for his disciples then, and he prays for you, for the church uh, moving forward. Verses 1 through 5, it's himself. 6 through 19 he's praying for his disciples and 20 through 26 he's praying for you and praying for me and praying for the church in uh, this movement that is if you kind of look at that you, you realize okay he spends about five verses praying for himself and 21 verses praying for his disciples and the church and for others and and that kind of shows you a proportionally uh, maybe a reminder to me and maybe a reminder to you and to us that uh, so many of our prayers kind of go disproportionately toward ourselves and yet we're called and challenged to pray for others and Jesus models that. I want to encourage you to take some time this week to read through John 17 and just ask God to speak to you about uh, your prayer life and and how you can begin to pray more in accordance with what he desires and what he wants. And so Jesus starts, he prays for himself, 31st verses. After Jesus said this, he looked to the heavens and began to pray. Well, after he said what? Well, That's what we looked at last week, John um, 16, 33, that, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but you can take heart. I've overcome this world. And right after that, John records that he began to pray and he prayed for himself. This is what he said, Uh, John 17, verses two uh, through five. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you for you have granted him authority over all people that, uh, and that he may might give eternal life to all those that you have given him. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had from before the world began. Jesus here defines eternal life, that life is meant to be, that eternal life is found in experientially knowing God and His Son, that to know God is to truly know Him, not just some man-made religion or system or some feel-good ideas and philosophy, but to, to personally know Jesus, to know God the Father through faith in Christ, that we find eternal life only by knowing the one true God and His Son who He is the revealer of Him. Remember John chapter 1? Jesus came to reveal the Father that this knowledge is an ongoing and a personal knowledge of knowing God. Um, this sense, uh, maybe our first step of understanding eternal life is realizing that we don't have it in and of ourselves, that it's not something that we could attain, that this sense of separation or rebellion or lostness or inadequacy before a perfect and holy God, the, the scriptures call that sin, that we would recognize that we are displaced relationally from God and that we need to be restored into relationship with Him. And that comes through faith in Christ, the Son who was sent to reveal the father eternal life is not just being around forever it means being relationally connected now for eternity with god our loving father through jesus christ that i have glorified you on earth jesus said that this last phase of jesus fully glorifying god on earth would be through the crucifixion and ultimately the resurrection and he speaks with authority that i'm gonna do this this is before it happened, but he's speaking and saying this will occur and it will happen. And Jesus requested again to be returned to the glory that he had based on the certainty of him completing the work. This is so rich in theological significance and of the incarnation and the deity of Christ that Jesus, friends, is just so much more than just some nice humanitarian or a good teacher or a miracle worker. He is God in the flesh And he is revealing the Father to us that we may know him. That this is the point of what John has been saying throughout his whole gospel. That you may know and that you may believe. And by believing you may find life in Jesus' name. And so Jesus prays for himself. And then he turns and begins to pray for his disciples and for you that you look through verses 6 through 26 and you begin to pull out some themes that we don't have time to fully unpack, but as you look through it, you find that he's praying for joy. He's praying for holiness. He's praying for protection. He's praying for truth. He's praying for us to be people who live on mission. He's praying for unity. He's praying for love to mark all things that these are the things that he prayed for. It wasn't for bigger buildings and it wasn't for uh, greater accolades or success in a worldly sense. He was praying for these things to be a part of our character and a part of our life, the reality. And so as a church, we want to pray for those things. As a person, you want to pray for those things to be a reality. And I love this phrase. In John chapter 17, verse 20 through 23, here's what Jesus says. My prayer is not for them alone. Speaking, okay, just the disciples that he's been praying for at that point. He begins to, to cast into the future, thinking of you and thinking of me. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Oh. Friends, that's so rich and beautiful that uh, Jesus is praying for this unity and this oneness, that we would have oneness with him as, as he has oneness with the Father. We would begin to have that oneness one to another, that unity is what will put the love of Christ on display for a watching world to see unity, oneness in Christ, unity to be for one another in a world that is incredibly broken and fractured and divisive and experiences disunity and divisiveness at every turn, that the sense of unity would be something that would be attractive and vibrant for a watching world to see. The the Apostle Paul talks about this in uh, Philippians chapter 1 verses 1 through 2. He says, Uh, If you have any encouragement in Christ, any incentive of love, any participation with the Spirit, any affection or sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, having the same attitude of Christ, that there would be this oneness. You were to have the same attitude as Jesus had, this oneness one to another, this unity that would be on display in such a divisive and... uh, divided world that this unity would speak. Uh, I love what A.W. Tozer uh, writes this in The Pursuit of God. He says, Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos, all tuned to the same tuning fork, are automatically tuned to one another? They are of one accord by being tuned not to each other, but to one standard to which each one must individually bow." See, we are to have unity focused around the one and only Jesus, our Savior, that he's the standard to which we bow and submit and surrender to and to follow after. As we look to him, he's the one that pulls our hearts and our attention together in oneness that we can move forward. Our unity finds its beginning and its ending in Jesus alone. It's not in commonalities that we may have. Those are good. And that would be necessary. But it's always found and anchored in Jesus. Our unity is driven uh, by proper motives out of that oneness. It's unity about serving others and not trying to to have power over others. It's a unity about inclusion of one another and not exclusion of people. It's about being united in togetherness and not uniformity of sameness. That we're united together, but that doesn't mean that we have a uniformity that we're all the same. We have diversity, that you're gifted and, and you're uh, infused with talents and abilities and passions that I may not have. And I have some that you may not have. And, and we're to be different, but we're to have this this beauty of unity together Uh, the apostle paul looks at this like in first corinthians where he talks about hey we're all part of the body of christ but we each are a member of that body that not all members are the same that there's this one body many members we're each different we're uniquely wired and shaped by god but we're to be united as one that we're to have this unity as, as Jesus and the Father are one. We're to be one. And we're to be one in Him and with Him. That we're to have a unity in purpose and mission. That we're moving the kingdom of God forward, inviting anyone and everyone into a restored relationship with Jesus and into that same one united family around our Savior. That we're to have a unity of love one to another, that we're loved by the Father, by the Son, by the Spirit, and we're to love one another in that same accord. It's this beautiful picture of what Jesus is praying for. Here's what he says, the very last verse of chapter 17, I have made you known to them, speaking, Father, I've made you known to them, and I will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. That the, that the love that God the Father has for Jesus the Son would be the depth of love that resides in your heart, that resides in my heart, that resides in our heart as we're united in Him and that He is with us. That God's love for Christ and Christ's love for you is the foundation of what motivates us to love one another and to be unified even though we might be uniquely diversified. And how we live this out but we're to be united together. I love uh, this prayer. It's just so beautiful. And I invite you again to read through it and to think about how Jesus prayed for you. I love uh, one other verse to highlight here. Uh, John 17, verse 15. In the Middle he's praying for this protection because we know this unity of the church, this uniqueness, this beautiful expression of how the church is to be. And it puts Jesus on display for a watching the world. Well, the enemy would love to disrupt that and to, to detour that. And, and so Jesus prays for us and prays for the church as he says, my prayer is not that you would take them out of this world. Not that you would take your his followers out of this world and into this like utopia of just Christian thing. No, no, we're to be an influence in it. He says, my prayer is not for you to take them out of this world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. If you examine this prayer all the way through this chapter, there is a reality that comes into view that there are some key areas of attack that the enemy would love and does attack of this, of the church and of the mission of the church and of unity uh, between believers and in you and in me, that he tries to disrupt unity in the church that squabbles and gossips and malcontents. they will always rise up and we need to squash those with forgiveness and with honest communication one to another, that he tries to disrupt the advancement of the gospel, that to get the church sideways and sidetracked from pursuing the mission, that we're here to be a force for for godly good and for his grace in the world to invite people into relationship with him, that he tries to get believers to dishonor the son of god to dishonor jesus with unholy lifestyles and low-level commitment and kind of a faded desire to pray or to connect one to another to kind of begin to live this renegade type spirituality that i think in the western world we we try to highlight in the reality is we weren't made for that we were made to be yes us and jesus but us with one another were to be unified United. He tries to get believers to not display the love of Christ through maybe stoking quick tempers or selfishness or a lack of forgiveness or refusal to be inconvenienced or, or to having little concern for others outside of yourselves. And so he tries to get believers to think that the love of God is beyond them. That, that after a failure or after a moment of falling, that they are beyond now the love of Christ. And yet Jesus says, no, 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 no. Don't fall for those tactics. My love is for you. I want you to be unified together. Uh, that my love, you're never out of my reach. Jesus is praying. And he's saying throughout this prayer for disciples then, disciples now, followers of him. He still prays for us. Here's the incredible takeaway. Jesus prayed for you. And Jesus prays for you. Take a moment and just let that sink in. Your amazing Savior prayed for you in advance. And He continues to pray for you now. Uh, This is what Paul captured in Romans chapter 8. At the very end, verse 34. Who then is the one who condemns? Well, no one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life and is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Jesus continues to pray for you and he prays for me. So Paul goes on. Who's going to separate us from Christ? Well, no one and nothing is going to separate us. From the one who died for us, the one who rose for us, the one who pursued us, the one who prayed for us, and the one who continues to pray for us. Friend, you are not alone. You are not unnoticed by Jesus. He is tuned into you, and he is for you, and he is with you. You are a part of his church that he prayed for and that he championed, that he died for, that he rose again to empower and to lead forward, to be a part of being a force of godly kingdom good in this world. You are not separated. You are enfolded into a unified force for good called the church. Whether it meets physically or whether it meets digitally, you are a part of that family of God. And that Jesus prays for you, and he prays for me. He prayed, and he prays. Let that simple reality, that profound, beautiful reality, empower you to be a reflection of Jesus, to be a part of the church and moving the church forward on mission to invite people into a life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus, to bring the hope of Jesus to the heart of this city, the city we love. That's what we're about, and we get to do that together. And as we live that out in unity, the watching world gets to see something beautiful and gets invited closer to the Savior who's pursuing them and loves them just as much as He loves you and as He loves me. This prayer in John 17 is an amazing prayer invite you again read it this week pray it this week lean into it and let the spirit worship. speak to you so father we are grateful um, for the example of jesus i'm just stunned again that he prayed for us and prays for us and may that visual image never leave our minds and our spirit and our soul that we're on your radar screen. You're tiled into us. God, you're praying for um, your character, Jesus, to be formed in us and in your church, that we would be unified in following after you. And we may have diversity in how we do that and uniqueness in how we carry that out individually, but we are part of one body, united together, putting on display to a watching world. Your love and your hope and your grace through faith. And so, Father, would you help us in this this season? Uh, it's a season where it's primed and ready for us to go deeper with you, to lean into you. I, I just pray for each one watching and listening now. God, would you take them on a journey deeper into your spirit? If they are far from you, would you move them closer to you? God, if they've been walking with you for a while, would you take them into the next step of what that looks like to live with you and to live this out for you? Jesus, would you encounter us? Would you move our hearts forward? We pray all of this in the wonderful name of our Savior, who prayed for us and who prays for us. Thank you, Jesus. As we come to a time of communion, uh, maybe you have communion elements at your house, bread, crackers, some kind of juice or or drink that you could partake. I I just want us to lean back in and remember that communion is is us anchoring ourselves again to the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. And so as we remember uh, this, that it was his grace uh, that met you, that sought you, that, that paid for your freedom, that forgave your sins and gives you life and life eternal with him. Uh, we remember what Jesus did. As we think back to the Gospel of Luke, I want to read this to you and then invite you to take a moment as a family to, uh, to take communion together and maybe one of you offer up a prayer of thanksgiving. Uh, and this is what we read in Luke chapter 22. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, that Jesus took a just thousand-year-old tradition of Passover and began to apply it to himself in what was going to happen in his life, in his death and sacrifice, and in his resurrection to seal this important new covenant as he gave. He said afterwards, he took the cup, he gave thanks, and he said, take this, divide it among you, For I will not drink of it again and the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God. He took the bread and he gave thanks and broke it. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He took the cup, he gave it. This is my blood poured out, shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So take a moment as a family. Take communion. Offer up a prayer and we'll continue on in service.
2: Together, strangers, neighbors, our blood is one. Children of generations, of every nation, of kingdom come. But don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up, I don't fear no evil Fix your eyes on this one truth God is madly in love with you Take your betroth on, be strong Remember where well, help comes through. you little I don't feel no evil fix your eyes on this one truth yeah, God just might me in love with you take your hold on be strong remember where well, hell comes through us Creation, everything we breath repeat the sound all these children clean hands your hearts good grace good god His name is jesus why are you heavens let the praise go up as the walls come down God, his name is Jesus. God, His name is Jesus, Jesus, our redemption, our salvation is in His blood, Jesus, out of heaven,
5: God is madly in love with you. Jesus prayed for us, and he prays for you. Let that sink in. As we study John 17 and Jack talk, let's read through John 17 this week and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us as individuals what his word means to us. Dear Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, move in us this week. Move in us and show us through your word who you are and how powerful you can be in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We know you're wondering when Elements is going to reopen to gatherings in person. That is a great question. We are in the process of praying and deciding how we're going to phase back into in-person gatherings. We love you, we miss you, and we want you to stay on mission and promote the safety of all of our community. Keep joining us online Sundays at 5. If you're new with us, in the comments below there's an invitation to the 10-minute party. We'd love to talk with you and get to know you a little bit if you've visited us for the first time. Thank you to all of you who partner with us financially. It means a lot. Giving online at Element City Church or via the app, your partnership means that we can continue to bring the hope and light of Jesus to the heart of the city. We also have an opportunity for you uh, to be a part of our first Equip class online. This class will help you grow and strengthen your faith. We also get uh, a chance to partner you with a coach to encourage you in your spiritual growth. We have two options for this class, Thursday, May 21st from 7 to 8.30 p.m. or Saturday morning, May 23rd, 9 to 10.30 a.m. Now, the trick is you have to register for each one of those classes. So go to the app, and you can do that. Thanks again. Have a happy, happy Mother's Day. Come see us online at Sunday at 5.